Welcome back to the With Joey B podcast. Uh, my question for you today is what is a tipping point? What is a tipping point? And there is a fantastic book written by Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point, and it's quite a short read and it's very interesting. And it's basically diving into the, f- the fascinating uh, phenomenon of word of mouth. We always talk about word of mouth in marketing and in spreading ideas, but it kind of unpacks how it works. Now, there's an example in the book of um, discussing crime in New York in the 1990s and the whole broken window effect or the broken window theory. And so the story goes that there was all this crime in New York in the 1990s, um, lots of <laughs> bad things happening from murders to felonies and all this sort of stuff. And there was a, a commit, I think it was a police commissioner, uh, William Bratton, who came in trying to clear things up, and I think came across the broken glass theory, which is that all the signs of, I guess, derelict <laughs> in a in a neighbourhood, because I found obviously this was the, cr- the crime committing uh, was co- isolated and concentrated in certain neighbourhoods. They found that the the I guess the the graffiti and the broken windows to hark back to the name, and all the signs from the environment that this was an unkept kind of area encouraged and exacerbated instances of crime. So by cleaning up the image and getting rid of graffiti and things like that, this would actually, and cutting down, you know, all sorts of all sorts of stuff on the streets that visibly signal that this was a place where crime was going to be allowed to ensue. By cutting down all of that stuff and cleaning up the streets, so we always hear that term in movies, it would actually have an impact on crimes being committed and it's probably an obvious idea but it'd be hard to imagine how powerful i think that those signals from the environment are themselves and i think what they found by the time that bratton had i think so i think he came in in the the early 90s they started implementing this around 94 and by 1996 they found that felonies reportedly had beat had dropped by 40 percent and the amount of murders had halved all from cleaning up the streets rather than having to, uh, I guess, intervene with people directly. And so it seems very funny that such a small dial of, yeah, tidying things up and the image that's reflected to the neighborhood would have such a big impact on people killing one another and stealing from one another. And the relationship is something maybe understand through the lens of this tipping point. So the idea of the tipping point I want to talk about, something we referred to in the previous episode, we talked about momentum and compounding returns. And when you think about it, this crime is almost a compounding return. It's reached a point where there's so much criminal activity going on, it's almost insane. What happens is that there's actually a small area of focus that energy and attention was put into, and effort was put into, that had a massive impact. And you get to a point where that environment, the signals from that environment, stop triggering crime as powerfully. And the results are very dramatic. So it's the idea of the tipping point. That momentum builds up to this point known as the tipping point. And it's after that point almost that things get magically easier and the returns compound more, but the effort is less. Uh, if, if If we're putting... If we're making the right investment, that is. So give another <laughs> example that's very, very current is coronavirus. 
right? Or any virus. If you think about how a virus spreads, it's going from host to host. And if it goes to too many hosts in one area, it's all encompassing and it will almost take over an area and then spread virally. And that's where we get that word viral from and viral growth because viruses grow that quick. And coronavirus was an incredible example of that. Now, in cities like Sydney, so right now when I'm recording this in, in December 2020, um, there's been another, you know, little burst of cases again. All right, so it was, it was, there was no community transmission. Now there's been a couple come back, right? I think 17 or 20, maybe more. Okay, but that's still manageable. We're also looking at the rate of that growth, right? So how quick are the cases kind of growing shows how dramatic we need to be in um, cutting them off because there's a tipping point. This is what happened in other parts of the world, I guess like Italy and things like that. There is a tipping point where the virus gets to so many hosts that the rate it's going to keep growing at, it's going to completely tank the health system. It's not the number of cases now, but it's the rate of growth it's heading to towards a very dangerous tipping point after which it's too late. That's what the tipping point kind of is. It's that kind of no return for whatever that compounding um, compounding force is. So while there's 20 cases in, in my state in Australia, it's manageable. It hasn't breached the tipping point. But if it starts to increase more rapidly, it looks like we're going to head towards the tipping point and that's when the health authorities intervene early. Whereas a lot of people are looking at it saying, oh, there's not that many cases at the moment. So, But obviously, people are very bad at understanding compounding returns. Otherwise, we'd access them much more often. But, but few people do, or certainly consciously. And so that's the idea. So a virus is a very good example of that. It literally spreads from person to person and, it, and its results can compound because it starts to bang, go through a whole population real quickly after it reaches a tipping point where so many people have it, you can't avoid it. So people start catching it more quickly. Now, the question is, we're not looking to spread viruses, but we're looking to, to access other compounding returns, make our lives better in compounding ways and life better for other people in compounding ways. This is what we talk about even with the thousand dollars. So when a movement takes hold, which is what's talked about in the tipping point, you don't have to recruit every person one by one. It's kind of like a brand compounding return, right? When Nike and Coke first started out, they weren't powerhouse brands that everyone had heard of and were familiar with. But the more and more people who use them, the more and more familiar other people become with them. And then it gets easier and easier to make sales over larger and larger areas of Coke and Nike because they continually brand themselves over time as companies and have done a remarkable job of doing so. So it's really interesting. We come back to now earlier episodes. So episode 58, episode 59. So that's when we talked about um, why action, not thinking will bring you the clarity you seek. And then we're talking about quick feedback loops. Obviously, we talked about momentum, compounding returns in the last episode. And that's where all these ideas kind of fold back on top of each other and relate to one another. So just to synthesize those, if you think about a quick feedback loop, and making decisions based on the information you have in the room and not getting stuck in the room you're in in life or work or whatever it is for too long, right? And, and getting stuck there. You slow down your momentum, firstly, because you're not building that momentum. So in other words, if you're the virus, uh, you're, only, you're only infecting a couple of people, you're not making a splash, and then you're, take, you're basically taking a break from infecting people. 
But while you've taken a break from infecting people, your momentum suspended because those people are getting better. So pausing kind of, pausing pauses momentum. It really slows down the journey. Uh, you know, what was the other example I want to talk about? I was thinking of talking about footy players because I know there's a couple of footy players in Australia who went to prison at the peak of their careers. So Brett Stewart, Jack DeBellin, um, sorry, not went to prison, caught, caught up in long court cases. And when their careers were white hot, they're playing representative footy. And But then it happens right in the middle of their career, completely stalls the momentum, right? And they kind of, if they make it back, I'm still waiting Jack DeBellin plays for my team to see what happens with him and if he's going to come back. Um, and he'll have to, but he'll have to pick up momentum again. And even the same example with that whole broken uh, window, broken glass effect. Uh, if you only clean up a couple of windows and leave the rest of the street looking pretty shit, or the neighborhood looking pretty shit, uh, it's not going to really deliver. The momentum hasn't been built up su sufficiently to overcome the power of that broken window effect. But there is a tipping point after which it looks sufficiently clean that it will have that massive impact and there'll be a massive impact, not just a small impact. So it's the uneven, it's the, it's not even the effort, effort that goes in, the results that come out are not even in a compounding return. It's the opposite. It's just all the effort goes into actually breaking into the tipping point. That's the point we're trying to get across. And I believe this is true of so many areas in life, even within our own psychology and our internal experience of life, getting through the tipping point of, understanding the world and and getting rid of negative and limiting ideas in your head because once you get rid of them you're able to go do things right it's like if you were afraid to ride a bike as soon as you reach the tipping point of being confident to ride your bike on your own you'll keep riding your bike and exercising doing other things as well and you'll never actually lose and you get the compounding return off riding a bike i mean we, you can pick any example you want but the point of relating it to the earlier episodes is that we need the journey, we need to build up the momentum. And what I was discussing is what I understand the best way is to build up the momentum to that tipping point where that wall you think you can't climb right now suddenly collapses. But you need the feedback loops to do that. And that's why being okay with feedback, and you can look into, I'm not going to talk about it now, but um, fixed versus growth mindset and you, what you'll find is a growth mindset person. So research by Carol Dweck, growth mindset person doesn't really have much of a problem with failure whereas someone with a fixed mindset uh, has too much of their self-esteem to attach to all the things they're doing and it stops them from seeking feedback from seeking failure from seeking the iteration required to grow so if you can imagine what i'm talking about think about a high school example where you've got an essay task due and it's a month away and you take your time because you're a bit nervous about your writing you don't believe your writing's that good for the essay and it takes you two weeks, you're really scared, you have a draft, you send it to your teacher, afraid she's going to tell you it's no good. And she tells you all the problems with it. Finally, you've gone after two weeks and then you're a bit upset that it was such negative feedback. You wait and then you do sort of okay on the test. Now, imagine a different person who, who writes an essay in the first week and gets feedback on it. It's not that good. Okay, I write another draft the next week improving on the first one. I get feedback again. Oh, it's, it's a bit better. Third week, a third draft. So you see the quick feedback loops here. Intentional quick feedback loops. And then by the fourth, by the time they get to the to submission or the exam, whatever it is, 
there's been so much feedback and iteration and improvement that they're way better off. And that's the idea of action, not thinking. So not sitting there thinking about it, but actually planning out the intervals and doing things and getting the feedback. So what does that look like out in the world for what you need to do now? What does that look like? And to understand this even further, you can talk about the bucket. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago. Remember, seashells on the beach. You have the first shells you find on the beach. But if you keep walking along the beach, you keep finding better shells and suddenly things can't fit in your bucket. So you've got to take the worst shells you started with out and put better stuff in. All right? So that's like all our lives. For everything, that bucket principle applies. So think about that for your life. That bucket thing is is building momentum. Sorry for knocking the microphone again, George. Uh, that bucket is building momentum. Improving the things in your bucket helps you deliver compounding returns and you slowly upgrade that over time. So that was a couple of episodes ago uh, if you need to do that. And the other metaphor, of course, is the thousand doors. So at the end of every episode, I always say, the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Uh, but when you think about the thousand doors, about, yeah, just going through that first room and then in that first room, there'll be two, three more doors. So the first room in this example today is like your first draft. The point of the first draft is just to get feedback. Do I like this? Is the writing style good? Am I on the right path? That's the point of the first door you open. It's not to figure out whole life or be awesome at everything straight away. So that's the point of the first door and the first room you go into is the feedback. That's why you want a quick feedback loop. You don't want to take forever to figure it out. But then after that, you can get into the second room. You open the second door. And what you'll find is that bucket thing of slowly improving the things in your life or your attitudes about things or your options for things, whatever you're thinking about right now, get better as you go. So what's your tipping point you need to breach? What's the wall you need to climb? And then instead of looking for one door that opens at the top of that wall, why don't you look at the first door that gets you the feedback for the second door that's going to lead you on a journey that's eventually at some point, if you keep going on it, not knowing what room it'll be in, at one of those rooms, you'll open a door at which you're looking over the wall. And that's break, that's smashing the shit out of your tipping point this has been the with joe eb podcast remember we're here every freaking day so make sure you tune again in again tomorrow more resources are on the website www.withjoeweeby.com um, but yeah that's all i have to say for now I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow